0: reading short and deep Hi, I'm Jesse and I'm Eric and today we're reading short and deep The Interlopers by Saki otherwise known as H.H. Monroe first published in The Bystander magazine January 17, 1912 uh, I assume you've read this long before I brought it to your attention, Eric
1: Actually, I had not. Uh, Saki huh. is uh, someone that I read in a burst once at some point when I was studying the history of the short story, but I hadn't really read him before or after, although I know that he's very, very well liked. I'm, I'm glad you've suggested we come back. to Did I come back to him? Oh, I,
0: I don't know how I stumbled on this story. I think I, I think I might have been looking for werewolf stories. <laughs> and I, I saw that it was classified as a werewolf story. I don't exactly think it's a werewolf story, but I think it's a great story. A really fun story.
1: So that was a question for me as well. Um, here's here's how the story works, as I understand the obvious surface level plot. There is uh, a setting in the Carpathian Mountains, which mm-hmm. after all, one can find part of the Carpathians in Transylvania. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the two main characters are um, Georg uh, Zwein, uh, some strange name, uh, and uh, Ulrich von Gradwitz. Um, Georg and Ulrich hate each other. The family has been disputing, the two families have been disputing for three generations because Ulrich controls a great amount of land and he's up on a hill and he is, if you like, sort of like Dracula, you know, he's much more mm-hmm. aristocratic, um, has more power, so on. And then Georg, um, his family also has land, but it's down in the, in the, the swampier parts of the, the, uh, the landscape. And apparently three generations ago, their grand, their grandfather's generation, I should say there was, uh, very contentious legal action, the end of which was that de jure Ulrich's family, the von Gradwitz, and the very name has a more aristocratic construction with the von in there, the VON, they were awarded that disputed territory. However, Georg's family has never recognized the, the court decision was just, and so When he hunts there, he thinks he's hunting on his land. He asserts that he is. But Ulrich asserts that he's a poacher. And as the story opens, Ulrich is out there stalking the hillside looking for prey. But in fact, he is looking for a human enemy. He's hoping that he, he will have a hunting accident in which he will kill this guy. Mm -hmm. And he's got a bunch of his foresters with him, but they're not actually physically near him at the moment. He's walked off alone. Same thing is true for Ulrich, for Georg. He's kind of ready to kill Ulrich. The two guys meet and they are facing each other about to shoot each other, but they sort of hesitate because human beings do that, we're told in the story. (laughs) Um, Each of them in his heart is praying to kill the other. Um, They are under a beech tree, and beeches are traditionally, uh, in Teutonic mythology, uh, passages to God. You can go through the beech tree and, and get your prayers answered. And what happens is, before either of them decide Shoot! This big old beech tree that's between them collapses. It pins them both. It injures them both, and in fact, they both wind up with blood in their eyes. Although Ulrich has little enough blood that he's able to to blink it away, although one hand is pinned completely and the other hand is partially pinned. Georg has to wait a while until the blood drips away from his face so that he can see. The two of them are trapped. And uh, they talk about how they hate each other and wouldn't it be great if uh, our guys get here and they'll pick up the, the tree and accidentally roll it over on you. So we kill each other. And as they're thinking about how uh, this is what they want, uh, Ulrich begins to think, you know, this is crazy. This is just crazy. Uh, and he offers uh, Georg some of the wine from his flask if georg would be able to reach it if he you know, Ulrich threw it to him and uh they agree actually that they should be friends again and once they are released um the whole countryside nobody will be enemies again because they're the leading people in the area and then how do we get saved so they in unison yell and sure enough they attract attention And the attention they attract is a group that they can barely see racing toward them. And it turns out that that group that's racing toward them in the forest, when they're both pinned, is the last word of the story. Wolves. (laughs) Have Have I got the story right? Got the entire story encapsulated. Okay, so the first thing I would say is, it's the Carpathian Mountains. This is this is 19. When did you say it was published? 1912. So in 1897, Dracula is published, mm-hmm. and it is a wildly popular book, a tremendous bestseller. It's already available in stage presentation by 1912. Uh, people know this book. So we're in Transylvania. We're in the Carpathian Mountains. We have an aristocratic figure and. We have, in a strange sense, prayers being answered, Mm -hmm. except the answers are no. You know, you want to kill him? You want to kill him? Okay. That's not the only answer. There's also a yes. Well, I I mean, no, you're not going to win, but it's yes, you guys are going to get killed. And they want to attract someone, and what they attract is wolves. Well, Dracula, after all, controls wolves. Uh, You're right. You see, so there they are in the forest in disputed land that the aristocrat de jure owns and the more lower class, the more middle class, I guess I should say, individual resents the taking of the land by the aristocrat. And yet when they choose to become friends together, it turns out that they can't do it. And the friendship, by the way, is going to be sealed with the sharing of wine. I mean, the 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 biblical imagery is resonant here, just as it is in Dracula. I can see why this this is uh, thought of as a uh, a vampire story. We don't Mm. see any blood being drunk, but the description of the fallen enemies definitely talks about the blood in their eyes. Each one has blood in their eyes.
0: Mhm. It also says that the 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 quarrel would have died down had in the in their youth the two boys not been so bloodthirsty for each other's blood. Perfect. It's uh, it, it's funny you, you you mentioned the prayer and there is this prayer being answered, you know, if 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 I could only get these guys, right? And in fact, right at, before that beech tree comes down on them both, uh, Ulrich prays that, oh, if I could just get my hands on him, if I could just see him right now. Then he steps out from behind the tree, and lo and behold, there he is, Georg, standing there with his own rifle pointing at him. It's almost as if Georg had been standing behind the tree just making that same prayer. They both get their prayers answered, right? Exactly. exactly. They're mirrors of each other in such a wonderful way that when they're both pinned there hating each other with equal hate and in seeing each other's pain or feeling and knowing each other's pain because they have that pain in each other they decide that you know what maybe this guy is kind of like me
1: <laughs> yeah maybe yeah, i should be a little bit kinder i, I think that uh, that discovery you know i pray he's there i wish he were there and pff, he's there that's exactly what we see in fairy tales. Mm-hmm. Right? When the when some when the protagonist needs the universe to respond to him, it does. Mm-hmm. It does, and it also happens in fairy tale structured stories that are meant for adults. So, for example, in Sir Gawain and the Green Knight, the the Sir Gawain is given a year and a day in order to be able to find uh, the green knight. I mean, he has to, uh, for reasons that we don't need to discuss now, but he's on this quest, which he is required to follow, and he can't find him, can't find him, can't find him. And so he goes to sleep praying that, you know, with only this one day left, he'll be able to find him. And he wakes up the next morning and there's a path and there he is, the green knight, right? So, um, there are stories meant for adults that are structured like fairy tales. Yeah, pretty woman is structured like Cinderella, but the ones that are really for adults tend to be of two sorts. They're the sort in which the fairy tale universe, the one in which there really is a, a God who presides over things, um, leaves us out at the end, right? We we've had a chance to touch fairyland and and then we're hurt there ever forever after, and then the others where uh, it just really works out nicely. The the one where we're hurt forever after, that tends to be the one we think of as more adult, like Keats's La Belle Dame Sans Merci. In this one, the universe responds to what these guys want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Too late, guys! You decided now you want to be friends, <laughs> and it kills them.
0: Uh, I love I love the the magic that sort of happens there and there's 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 three uh, interlopers in the story too I think there's first there's the interlopers of the title and it makes us wonder who that is early on in the story we see the deer running early on and then God intervenes giving prayer the, the answered prayer and then there's the final interlopers. But that that's actually mirrored in the story as well, because of course there's the title, and then Ulrich, um, uh, sorry Georg says to Ulrich, "We fight this quarrel out of death, you, out to the death, you and I, in our forest with, and our foresters with no cursed interlopers to come between us. Death and damnation to you, Ulrich von Gradwitz." Right, and then. George says, The same to you, forest thief and game snatcher. And then on the after they've they've sort of reconciled, you know, they've come to see each other's position, the same thing happens. Uh Z-Zianem and Gradvitz are talking, and Gradvitz says, And if we choose to make peace among our people, there is no other to interfere, no interlopers from outside. You would come to my keep. Uh come and keep the sylvester night with me beneath my roof and i would come to feast at your home on some high holiday at your castle right and i was like oh that's cool the word's actually in there right and then they call they call they call for help and help of a kind comes but they're another kind of damned interlopers interfering instead of a judge or god it's the wolves. Absolutely.
1: I love that. You know, um, the word interloper means, of course, I mean, it, inter is between or coming into. Um, but the lope part of interloper is someone who's running. Mm-hmm. right? An interloper is somebody who runs in where he doesn't belong. Mm-hmm. The last description in the story is of those wolves running in. Mm-hmm. So, as you say, there's a whole host of interlopers from Ulrich's viewpoint Georg, the poacher, is an interloper. From Georg's Mm -hmm. viewpoint, the whole von Gradwitz family are interlopers because they've taken the land. Both of these guys see that society in general might be interlopers because they are going to um, insert themselves in the family feud and in their family affair. But if they were to make peace, nobody else would be allowed to interlope. In the new peace that they would bring over the wider community because they are the two leading citizens. But in fact, the wolves interlope. They come in there. Um, it seems to me that, you know, we can talk about fairy tales, we can talk about gods and prayers. But another way to look at this is uh the dispute between these two people is over ownership. It begins with ownership, which they seem to think can be passed down from father to son. Mm -hmm. I think what the story is showing us is that, in fact, all human beings are interlopers in nature. That when, when one wants the other to be in a position to be killed, it's the tree that stops them and makes them think things through. And when they finally believe, aha, now we know how we've settled things, it is nature again that decides how things will really be settled by having the wolves come in. So it's as if these these lands that they claim to own aren't in fact owned by them. In fact, nature is the real owner and human beings with their petty concerns and their their hatred and their vendettas and their silly laws—they're the ones interloping in nature.
0: Hmm. Um. Uh, the mention of that holiday, Sylvester—I I hadn't picked it up the first time I read through, but in rereading for today, I went and looked it up, and it's a—it's a named after a pope. Um. It's a holy day very near Christmas, and. Um, One of the things that they do on this high holy day is they boil lead and pour it drop by drop into water, which, of course, is what you do when you're hunting. You need to make bullets. And it's it's these are two hunters. They love hunting there. It's the middle of winter, an open winter, this weird word, the open winter, when everything is strange, when the the windstorm is blowing and these two men should be at home they're out there hunting and the the deer the roebuck who should be hiding in the hollows at the beginning of the story are running running free running as if something's wrong yeah <laughs> it's wonderful because we know why they're running at the end of the story <laughs> no. <laughs> They're
1: running from the wolves, obviously. That's right. Uh, the story has um, a lot of smarts behind it. Certainly a lot of erudition. Um, Sylvester uh, is an adjective in English. Uh, it means having to do with the forest. Um, right. The word sylvan is uh, mm-hmm. is equivalent to that. Um, so when the two men are thinking about how they will get together on Sylvester night, once they've made peace, you know, and they finish this episode, then, you know, one will come and and eat dinner at the hall and share the Sylvester night feast together. Um, Mm -hmm. Sylvester, that Pope, um, his feast commemorates his most important action, which is the conversion to Christianity. He's the guy who uh, got the Roman Emperor to convert. Um, So this Feast is one of coming into accord with God and with peace. It's December 31st. You said open winter is a sort of strange phrase. I agree. It is. Uh, We're told that not much snow has fallen yet. Mm -hmm. The first day of winter is about December 21st. Um, Between December 21st and December 31st must be when this is happening, Because we're already in winter, but we know that they're going to have to get up, be saved from being under the beech tree, and then get together again later on the 31st for the Sylvester Feast. So I'm just going to pick a random date between the 21st, (laughs) right? It's Christmas, Sure. right? These guys are out there at Christmas. This should be the birth of peace. The Prince of Peace comes to the world. These guys realize their mortality. They think of the possibility of sharing wine and they will be friends. But guess what? (laughs) That's just human religion, too. Mm -hmm. Nature, nature looks ironic because we, you know, as Robert Burns said, the best laid plans of mice and men uh, all go astray. Right. I, I have
0: a beautiful quote from this that, that backs this up. It says, "And before the moment of hesitation had given way to action, a deed of nature's own violence—nature's capitalized there—overwhelmed them both. A fierce shriek of the storm had answered by splitting, uh, a splitting crash over their heads, and ere they could leap aside, a mass of falling beech tree had thundered down on them." It doesn't actually say lightning but that's what it is right of course it's a lightning strike that pins them both to the ground and makes them finally come to terms with the this fight and do they really want to kill this man who's so much a reflection of them themselves and they decide no right and then
1: <laughs> and so when they decide no and and ulrich uh, decides to give his wine flask that's right right um we read what a heaven-sent draft it seemed, I- right? <laughs> that wine was not just any old wine, right? It's heaven-sent. Mm-hmm. This is my blood drink of it. Um, the names uh, also reflect, I think, some erudition on Saki's part, although um, why H.H. Munro picked Saki as his pen name, I'm actually not sure, and I hope if you know, you'll you'll fill me in uh, before we, we uh, move away from this story. Um Ulrich is a, a name with Germanic roots, obviously, uh, from Odelrich, and the Rich has its cognate with Reich. that means uh, uh, power or, or ruler. And mm-hmm. the Odel means heritage or inheritance. So Ulrich von Gradwitz is the hereditary power. From the area called Godwitz. Georg, who's got this last name that as far as I can tell, doesn't come from any real European language. Um, Georg comes from Greek and it comes from geo erg. It means earthworker. He's the farmer. He's the guy further down the land. He's not up on the mountainside. Where it's hard to farm he's down in the in the meadows and the swamps the the bogs i mean he's down there at the levels the flats so there's a class difference which presumably would be bridged within the same congregation if we all were part of the same religion but although they are willing the men ulrich and georg to come together Nature says, yeah, you're the same. You really are the same. Um, you're both going to die. You're mortals. Um, I do have a, uh,
0: a little bit of a knowledge of why Saki was called Saki or called himself Saki. Um, the, there's a couple of theories. One is there's a monkey called uh, a South American monkey of that name. Um, it's a, you know, it's a small monkey. Um, I think Saki likes monkeying around with the reader. Um, <laughs> he does that in all the stories I've read of his, and it's fun. Um, he also uses animals a lot in a lot of his stories. But I I think there might be a more interesting and more literary um, reason for him taking that pen name. Um, there's a famous uh, Persian book of poems called The Rubaiyat of Omar Khayyam, um, which I've not read, but I've read about and heard great podcasts about. Um, And there's a character in there who is a cup bearer uh, named Saki. Now, um, (laughs) I think Saki or HH Monroe may have um, been tweaking the nose of his community because uh, a cup bearer is also um, sometimes known as a catamite. And a catamite is a homosexual or at least uh, someone who, hangs with homosexuals and HMH H. Monroe was a homosexual so it might have something to do with that but I don't know that anybody actually uh got his answer to that other than it's a way of hiding your identity as well as a writer
1: that's having that's marvelous the Rubaiyat um is known as perhaps the most romantic of all of Persian poetry yeah, of those who don't know Persian poetry, uh, as a body that is a body of work. Uh, and the most famous uh, part of it, um, is that famous, uh, quatrain, um, a loaf of bread, a jug of wine and thou that, right. beside me in the wilderness. Ah, wilderness were paradise. And now um, in the Fitzgerald translation, I, I have read the rubaiyat, uh, and now it just means enough. It's just you know how hard it is to pronounce O U G H in English. Um, and so, uh, what we have there is someone who is bringing the wine, sake. I like this very much, uh, Jesse. Um, mm-hmm. In the wilderness, if you could share that wine, that would be paradise. But in fact, the way Saki has constructed this story, they are in the wilderness, but they can't share the wine because they can't get across to each other. Their mutual prayers to kill each other outlast their potential for friendship. Um, it's In that sense, it's a grim story. And if there's a homosexual <laughs> resonance to it, it is, of course significant to recognize that at the time that saki was writing that's still a, a felony in england
0: uh, I, I like that you called it a grim story a grim in both senses <laughs> the brother's grim it's very much like that it's it could it, it almost fits their uh bailiwick too um but i think i i i love the ending of this story because it to me their prayers are answered god throws down a lightning bolt, hits the tree, cr- crushes them both, makes them come to terms with the with the horrible feud their families have been having that's caused endless problems for them, for them both. They come to agreement, everything's going to be great. <laughs> and <they're>, the further <laughs> conclusion is that they get eaten, and of course the feud will continue, right? The family feud will continue on. It's almost as if God here is kind in his wisdom and then cruel <laughs> in his punishment.
1: Yeah. He gave us paradise and cast us out. hmm In the fairy tale worlds that we, we know about, um, we find the same story in lots of different versions. The most famous wolf, I think, for most people who know Grimm's tales— is the wolf who eats Little Red Riding Hood. In this version of Little Red Riding Hood that is most well-known in North America these days, um, we see Red get eaten, but then the hunter comes along, realizes that she may be in there, and cuts open the belly, and and Red and Granny come out, and uh, then uh, Red sews up uh, stones in in the wolf's belly and the bully that the the wolf then tries to run away goes up onto the roof of the cottage falls through the chimney and lands into the cooking pot that granny has prepared and is boiled to death so female power overcomes male power um bad wolf bad wolf in the 1697 version by charles perrault uh which precedes by over 100 years the grim version this was the most famous version that was around in the book whose subtitle gives us the phrase mother goose tales um, we have the petit chaperon rouge the little red riding hood and at the end of little red riding hood in fact the wolf eats eats red and then it goes to a moral that's it she just gets eaten and the mm-hmm. moral is that little girls should not do what their mothers forbid them to do. And it's a dangerous world out there. And you need to be careful because you could die. And that's it. Mm -hmm. The moral is obey parents because you can get killed by wolves. Interestingly, what Saki has done is in that sense, given us the older and more stern grim, no stern view of what happens when the wolves attack. But there is always more to say, isn't there?